0: We have an interview from Joseph Hurley. Joe, what you got this week? Well, it's a different kind of an interview. Let me preface it by saying that one of the more interesting things going on in New York right now is a series of two writer evenings run by the Penn American Center, literally 16 of America's leading writers in a series of Sunday evenings that extend through December 15th. Now, it's a series that had to be bought at a chunk and was very expensive and very well-subscribed, but there were a lot of empty seats, and so they decided to let students in at the last minute. Peter John Schuler and I decided to talk to some of those students, and here is that feature.
1: Well, I'm a Columbia student, and so I've been coming to all of them. So you
0: have literally been, this is the fifth well, you've been to?
1: no, I've been to
2: almost all of them. I missed one.
0: Did you get in every time you came?
2: Yeah. Uh-huh, so yeah. What's your major? Writing, creative writing. How
0: about you?
3: Poetry. I'm in the same program, creative writing at Columbia.
0: And uh,
4: you've been
3: coming also? No, this, this is the first one I've come to. Um, because I want to see Joan Didion specifically.
0: What drew you tonight, Wolf or Didion or both?
2: Well, both of them, but May- Wolf I would say a little bit more.
5: <laughs> so uh, you're with Wolf and you're with Didion. With Didion, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what uh, do you like about their writing, you for Didion, say?
3: Well, I, she's a very good writer as a stylist. I like her. Um, that's, I guess, what attracts me. I like essays and she's a good essayist. How
4: about you?
6: Well. Um, um, well, I don't know, I just like
4: the humor in Wolf's writing, and, the, and he writes a lot about art, which I'm also interested in, you
2: know, art-related topics. That's it.
0: That's great. It really is exciting for me to see students turn out for things that aren't rock concerts. You know, I mean, you hear writers talking and reading, and it really is great as a writer to, to see this happening.
6: Yeah, it's a great series. It really is. I think it's been wonderful. Yeah. I just came because I heard there were free tickets available, and I thought it might be interesting that's about. I'm interested in Joan Didion I like her work and
5: so w- where did you hear there were free tickets available
6: a friend of mine attended this conference that's all
5: <laughs> well I'm from Yale and
7: um, I'm with her she told me about it and so I decided to come by there's no profound reasons for me coming really sorry to disappoint you
0: you didn't disappoint us, so I noticed you didn't pick this evening because of the right, except you do like Didion uh,
7: I like Wolf very much I haven't read very much, but he's quite a character, and I think he's very interesting.
0: How about you? What brought you tonight of, of the eight nights? Have you been here before? No. Why? No. Why I, did you start with this one? I'm I'm a big Didion fan, and uh, I had seen that, you know, it was possible to get free tickets through NYU. You're at NYU. Yes. What? Are you in literature or? Yeah, I was in literature. Now I'm, no, I'm just working as a graduate secretary. I uh, hear a young couple have actually settled down on the sidewalk and we'll see what, what brings them here tonight.
8: Um, I go to the New School Seminar College and they someone at my school told me about it in the um, faculty and I came last week to hear Kurt Vonnegut and Susan Sontag um, and it was really good. I thought it was really informative and so I came back <laughs> but I'm also looking for, we read um, books for, because I hadn't read anything by either of the authors, and I read something by um, Joan Didion, and I liked it, so I came what, to hear her talk.
0: What did you read?
8: Um, her book called Salvador.
0: And what about Wolf? have you read any of Tom Wolfe?
8: No, I haven't. I didn't get a chance to, <laughs> I admit it.
0: <laughs> how about you?
5: I'm afraid I can't add very much to it, except that I go to Hunter College, and I learned that about it from her, and uh, basically we've done just about the same thing on this. Just to get an idea how they write, we
0: just read that one little thing. Will you come again? You came once before, did you?
8: Yeah. It's a really good opportunity to hear this sort of thing. I don't think, I, you know, I don't know when it will happen again, but I'll definitely going to keep coming as long as I can.
5: What are you studying?
8: Um, well, I'm a freshman right now, but I like I like writing, I like reading. So something in that course, I'm not sure yet, though.
5: How about you? History major?
6: Um, I'm a student at Bryn Mawr College. Uh, we found out about it through uh, an article in Vanity Fair. Um, and I was really interested in listening to Tom Wolfe and to Joan Diddy and I I have not read much by either author but it's a really good experience to listen to authors talk about their work and just to be involved in that kind of community. Tickets usually Um, as far we were at the first I was at the first night but we I was not aware that they were letting students in so I was in the Marriott bar all evening um, but this is the first time I've been in line to see the actual show
2: so
5: you have tickets
2: yeah I do how
5: did that come about
2: my parents paid for it yeah um, I go to Bryn Mawr College too and I'm in line tonight cause I forgot my ticket
5: <laughs>
6: <laughs>
5: what, what do you study
2: I'm an English major and I'm an art history major
5: do you read much of the authors who are
2: here tonight. I not. I haven't read any of the authors that are here tonight, but I have read most of the others. Yeah. For instance. Kurt Vonnegut and um, well, Woody Allen's going to be here on December fifteenth, and I've read him and Norman Mailer, Alice Walker.
6: I um, I've read, let's see, I've heard about Tom Wolfe's book The Painted Word, um, and I've yet to get a chance to read it. It interests me because I'm an art history major. Um, I've read Woody Allen and I plan to be here in line for Woody Allen. Um, I've read Alice Walker and was really interested to get um, a sense of how things worked from Nikki when she came out. Um, They take notes (laughs) on all of these.
5: You've read Woody Allen's uh, books, his essays?
6: Yes, I love them. They're really amazing his short stories are just the funniest things they really keep me laughing out loud and he he starts talking and you like you'd expect to read something in a very sappy book and then all of a sudden he puts something in that makes it so funny he just takes normal literary things and just puts something in that's completely ridiculous i really like that
0: we're from wbai radio station and we're just doing a little thing on why students come here and why you picked this night and have you been before and will you come again
8: haven't been here before, I came to see Tom Wolfe and I'll come again if he does. How about you? I heard about it from him.
5: <laughs> and how about you? This guy. <laughs> okay. There's the and how about you? <laughs> it was her. It was
9: me uh, while I read a flyer in the English department. We were also here at the one two weeks ago uh, to hear Kurt Vonnegut and uh, Susan Sontag. So he came to this one also. Originally, I would seen a flyer at school in the English department. What school? NYU.
5: You're all from NYU. Yep. Yep. What do you study? Philosophy. Philosophy. Photography. Journalism.
8: Journalism.
5: Uh, is there any special reason uh, this particular night, or uh, I mean, have yeah. you read th- these authors? Because Tom
3: Wolfe is the best author, and he's he's great. We read him in our journalism class. We read the right stuff. And we read a lot of Joan Didion. And Susan loves Joan Didion,
5: and that's why we're here. You love Joan Didion? Yes. Uh, What have you read? Why?
8: Why? Because I like her books. What have you read? I read The the White Album and El Salvador.
5: What do you like about her writing?
8: Uh, I just like it. I don't know.
3: How about you? You're just here, uh... Yeah, well, Joan Didion never really speaks, so this is really special, I think. And, um, my mom's a total Joan H- Didion head, and she, like, fed me all these books when I was really young, so... How young? Oh, 10 and 11, you know. <laughs> it's a young age
5: to be reading Joan Didion. Yeah, it was pretty heavy. How about you?
1: Um, I I enjoy Joan Didion a lot. I, I don't know a lot of Tom Wolfe, but I've read Joan Didion, and I really enjoy her.
0: Uh, let me ask you a question. Since you're a photography major, and last week, two weeks ago was uh, Susan Sondhank, who wrote a book called On Photography, did, were you moved to come to that one? Did you come to that?
1: Um, no, I missed that. I didn't find, about, find out about this until just recently this week, and I was very disappointed that I missed it, but I'm just going to go to all the ones from here on in since I didn't know about it until now.
0: Well, that's what was going on outside the theater before Joan Didion and Tom Wolfe read. Now, as I said before, I was covering the event for Newsday. The following is what I wrote about that fifth evening out of eight of the Penn Celebration. Here goes. In the course of introducing Joan Didion, who occupied the star slot during the first half of the Penn American Center's fifth Sunday night fundraiser, essayist Calvin Trillin described the California-based writer as, quote, not as frail as she appears because to see what she sees and keep looking and not look away requires some toughness, unquote. Trillin, while admitting that he had vowed not to use the word angst in connection with Didion, managed to describe her as frail at least twice. Based on her performance at the Royal Theatre, however, perhaps there should be an equally firm moratorium on the latter word as well, since the writer, tiny, finely made, and long celebrated for her reclusiveness and her aversion to public appearances, radiated a firmness of mind and a candor of delivery, outstanding even in a series where these qualities have come to be taken almost as givens. Sharing the evening with Didion was journalist and now novelist Tom Wolfe, whose post-intermission turn was something of a verbal whirlygig, produced and delivered with a studied ease, always on the verge of being compromised by glibness and an absence of discernible feeling. Not so with Didion standing quietly in a black skirt and tan silk blouse, facing a nearly full house with a self-effacing frankness in a well-structured hour which cannot possibly have been easy for the nerve-haunted Sacramento-born novelist and essayist. Didion's presentation was tripartite, beginning with an essay, Why I Write, a title she admits having borrowed from George Orwell and which she likes because of its strong, near-wailing, thrice-repeated vowel sounds. Writing, she says, is the act of saying, I, Occupying the center of the Didion triptych was a reading from her most recent novel, Democracy. While closing her hour was a piece of work given rather limited publication on the West Coast, but described almost apologetically by its author to her audience as probably not read by many of you. It was in this final work, a tribute to Henry Robbins, her editor at Farrar, Strauss & Giroux, a friend who died at 51 in 1976, that Didion unleashed the fullest flood of feeling and self-revelation. Remembering a period toward the middle of 1966, when she and her writer husband, John Gregory Dunn, had months of zero income in one, July, in which just $5.29 came into their home in the form of a dividend from a half-forgotten fragment of inherited stock. Recalling the tact with which Robbins offered to lend the struggling couple money, Didion seemed on the verge of tears her voice wavering with feeling as it would do again as she closed out her tribute to her beloved editor with a comment that among the things he told her that she did not believe was that she could go on without him and be a writer. Praxter and stylist Tom Wolfe, introduced by novelist John Gregory Dunn, who had in turn, as had Calvin Trillin earlier, been introduced by former pen president Jerzy Kowczynski, managed never to quite reach the point of reading the section from his not yet published first novel, The Bonfire of the Vanities. Instead, predictably dressed in a white suit, white shoes, and using as a prop a pair of reading glasses whose frames were equally white, the writer digressed, interrupted himself with a studied casualness that eventually grew slightly wearing even as it continued to entertain, and folded and unfolded those eyeglasses, returning them time after time to the breast pocket of his suit jacket, where they rested alongside a lavender handkerchief. Describing Chicago's O'Hare Airport as, quote, the mother goddess of writers venturing out into lecture land, Wolfe described that venue as existing between Fort Lee and the Hollywood Freeway. Appalled by what he encounters in the towns and cities of the American Heartland, the writer sees pornographic movies offering the only apparent alternative to, quote, the latest teenage hemorrhage picture, unquote. Journalist Wolfe wonders why no one seems to be writing about the country's universities, with their drugs, their rapes, and athletic programs serving as charades for future wars. And in expressing this conjecture, he seems almost to be designing a project for which he himself might be ideally suited almost as much so as he is clearly architectured for his adventures in lecture land. Now, let's come back to those youngsters on the street.
3: Oh, because I'm a writer, and I like to um, hear writers who have uh, written such great books talk about their books. Any special reason tonight, or you, you've been here every week? Well, I was here to hear Kurt Vonnegut and uh, Susan Sontag, and I enjoyed that a lot. So. These people are anywhere near as good as uh, those people were i'm sure i have a good time
5: where'd you find out
3: about this um my uh, parents were in town and happened to have tickets and and invited us to go along what do you write um i'm working on my first novel so um it sort of makes me feel good to come here and see all these writers who've done so well and to imagine i sort of feel like i'm in my own community here and uh it's a good feeling
9: well, actually, uh, I was invited to the lectures by uh, by NYU, and I'm here to see the great face-off between uh, Joan and the perennial neurotic, and Tom Wolfe, the perennial egomaniac. So, uh, hoping that it's going to be a, a good contest in which they'll both end in tears, and uh, perhaps we'll uh, perhaps we'll see some sort of resolution to the new journalism tonight.
5: How do you mean?
9: Well. I think that, uh, well, I mean, Tom Wolfe's novel, serialized in Rolling Stone over a year or so, I think that shows, you know, one extreme to which uh, the new journalism has gone. Hunter Thompson uh, still taking his monkey show around from campus to campus, trying to confuse people. He's written himself into a corner. Joan Didion really hasn't uh, produced anything that I thought was especially exciting uh, since uh, her last collection of essays came out. Her fiction doesn't quite live up to her theory. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see, you know, if they're actually gonna have anything new to say. I, <laughs> uh, I, uh, I think that Didion has the better chance of winning out just because uh, she was a sounder theoretician from the beginning.
5: You sound like you have a vested interest in this.
9: Well, actually, uh, Didion was a big influence on my writing uh, when I first started writing because she is a theoretician without being too technical and boring. I mean, my mother can understand the point of her, of her writings, even though she's talking about really uh, difficult, important things in the culture. I like the fact that she can combine narrative and ideas without, you know, becoming hopelessly artistic or, you know, tediously boring so i'm interested to see if her style is going to be able to carry over if not i guess i'll just have to take up where she left off or something
0: you're a writer are you a student
9: yeah i am i go to nyu i'm an american studies major
0: and you dare ask her if she's a writer she's <laughs> writing a- she's writing on the sidewalk you dare <laughs> yeah wh- what are you writing now
9: uh actually mostly letters home asking for money i'm in the graduate program at nyu What,
10: what field? Uh, creative writing oh. mm.
5: And that's how you found out about these evenings?
9: Yes,
10: one of the, uh, the professor there told me that the uh, evenings were available, provided you stood in line. So I'm standing in line.
0: <laughs> it's well worth it, I think. I hope so. The line gets in every week, I think, pretty much.
10: I, I came uh, a couple of weeks ago at the booth theater, but I was the first one in line. So I'm a little bit doubtful well, right they now.
0: Well, moved to a bigger theater. Uh-huh. And the booth is smaller oh, I, than the you know, Oh, that's terrific. What brought you to Didion?
10: T- mean, to Joan uh, here's <laughs> an
0: evening of Didion and Wolf. It was Didion who drew you?
10: Oh, sure. I, yeah. I I happen to think she's a fantastic writer. And I just wanted to hear her read her own work to see if the interpretation would be any different.
0: And it hasn't, uh, you came to the opening night, which was, did you say the opening night, which was Eudora Welty and, uh, oh, well, which is the one you did come to at the other theater?
10: I came to Arthur Miller oh. and Alice Walker.
0: Um, how was that one?
10: Well, that was great. I, I, yeah, Arthur Miller was good. Very abrupt, um, but good.
0: Miller's
3: sort of a almost historical figure already. I mean, he's like a living legend, sort of, I think. Um, and although I'm not that familiar with his work, and to tell you the truth, I'm not that familiar with any of these people's works. Um, um, you know, my favorite writers are mostly dead, Mark Twain O Henry, um, Irwin Shaw. Um, but these are sort of living legends. I imagine that's why they're here, and um, that's why I'm here to hear them.
2: I think that there's a certain celebrity interest in that they're, they're living legend writers. I don't, I'm more interested artistically in younger writers who are doing their most important work now, but I think that it's wonderful to see uh, literary lions and watch them speak.
5: You're not a student, what do you do?
2: I'm a literary agent.
5: I go to school
7: at uh, Columbia, and it's part of our uh, part of a credit, actually, to be here. So, uh, have you been to all of them? Yes. Yes, I have. And how do you think they're holding up? Oh, they're terrific. They're wonderful. They're they're an excellent exposure to uh, uh, n- uh, not only the r- writer and his words, but uh, how they behave themselves on stage.
0: Have you had any surprises? Have any of them been, you know, I don't want to say better or worse, but let's say different from what you expected?
7: Uh, Different in the sense that they are real. They're real people. And they have a real sense of humor. And they don't, the the, the image of what we read is pretty much apropos to what we see also. It's nice to put those two together.
0: Are you a creative writing major at
7: Columbia? Uh, Fiction, School of the Arts, uh, writing division, fiction.
0: Will you come to all of them? Will you come to the remaining three?
5: I hope to. Yes, indeed. Do you have any, any special feelings about uh, the writers here tonight? I mean, do you, do I saw Tom Wolfe many years ago, about 1977. He came to
7: Washington and Jefferson College, um, and uh, although eloquent, uh, I would have liked to have seen more of him at that time. And this is the time seven years later, eight years later. Uh, Joan Didion, she's from turf that I know very well, Uh, not only geographically, but uh, her her essays and my style of uh, writing, I suppose, are somewhat similar. Uh, And I read her very clearly Um, and enjoy her work uh, a lot. Are you, in fact, a Californian? I went to high school in California.
1: I'm doing this course as the basis for my senior thesis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it has to be really close. <laughs> um, I've been to three of the, two of the other evenings which two I was at the last one when Vonnegut. Susan
0: Sontag.
1: right yeah. and that was fabulous Vonnegut was hysterically funny and Susan Sontag was terrific um, and she spoke a lot about the when she was in Budapest so that was quite interesting um, Vonnegut was just Hysterically funny, especially with his diagram. Have you heard about it?
0: Well, uh, we went to
1: it. Oh, Okay. So, um, and then the week before was
0: John Irving, John and Irving Buckley.
1: and Buckley, and John Irving read from a work in progress, which was really hysterical. Well,
0: I, because we were there, and I wrote about it for Newsday. Tell me what you thought of Irving. I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear it from you. How, how that struck you.
1: It was really enjoyable to to hear him read a work in progress. And I th- I keep thinking about Meany, the character in his book, and just hearing that voice and hearing how hearing him talk will make me read the book in a really different vein. And I liked hearing what he said, how he finishes the novel, and he starts his autobiography. And then he starts writing lies, and the lies progress, and then eventually he has his next novel. Um, I just. I, I felt I was rolling on the floor. It was, just, it was just terrifically funny.
0: We're from a radio station called WBAI, which is Ooh. 99.5. You probably know the station. My name is Joseph Hurley and his name is Peter John Schuler and we're doing a couple of shows on this Penn celebration series. And I especially wanted to talk to the students outside <laughs> the theater because I'm just so glad you're here. <laughs> and, and I want to know what <laughs> brings okay. you out here <laughs> instead of you know a rock it's not all rock concerts and movies. Here you are to see boring writers. Read and oh. talk.
2: Yeah.
4: First of all, yeah. writers are I not mean, boring. Well, Second was, of all, Tom Wolfe is not boring. Was, Joan was Dean is not joking. boring. Yeah.
0: Well, what brought you out to this one? There were four before <laughs> and well, three please. later. We, we have
2: a very interesting story, actually. We're from Brown University, and we're doing taking this as a course at Brown. And we're t- getting credit for coming down to seeing these, seeing these writers. And we've been to all of them so far. And we plan on coming to the rest of them. Um, and, then you and then we have to going to be we're reading before we come, and then we're writing papers about it. And there's three of us that are taking part. Three of us. It only looks like there are six of Wh- us. Which
0: three? You are. Um,
2: I am Charles Glatt and Bonnie
0: Metzger. So you come <laughs> all the way down from Providence every Sunday. Right, every yeah. Sunday we drive. That's really great. Um, it's been w- worth it so far.
2: It's been definitely worth it. It's been very exciting. Let me
0: ask you, of these riders, now that you've seen, this is the fifth evening, so you've seen eight, eight riders, and you're about to see numbers nine and ten. Right. Of the eight you've seen, who was the biggest surprise so far? Who was, the le- let's say, most different from what you thought they might be? Is that a fair question? Uh, Bonnie, well, maybe? How about yeah. Bonnie? Well, Bonnie? It, it
2: was a surprise to hear Arthur Miller read a new one-act play, and especially to have <laughs> it be a comedy um, after we all saw Death of a Salesman, oh, the movie, on, <laughs> on television. And, and he's been spotlighted so much. And he came out, and he performed. It was a two-role first act, and he performed it. And um, that, was, that was definitely a surprise. I thought he was going to come out and um, maybe lecture somewhat about the difference between Death of a Salesman on stage, Death of a Salesman as a movie. And he came out and read a, a brand new play. Um and that was a surprise.
3: You had another idea? No,
2: no. I'm I'm just nodding my head a lot. Uh, <laughs> Charles,
0: what about you?
3: Well, not so much of a surprise, but we were really impressed by uh, John Irving because he uh he came out and he read his autobiography, which turned out not to be his autobiography. In fact, um, he came out and he told us that when he's in between novels, he starts to write down his autobiography. And as he goes on, he becomes more and more bored with his life and starts to lie. So that by the time he's done, he has, in fact, his next novel. Um, so he read us excerpts from that, and we were very impressed with his, uh, with his own theatrical talents. More, more than just being a writer, he was, uh, he was acting for us, and we really appreciated that. Now, the rest of you aren't here for
5: credit. Why are you here? Because
0: uh... they love
4: yeah. us. <laughs> they've been spreading the word through Brown University, and I think this is the second weekend that Friends have come down, and it's obviously becoming a real cult activity, it's a great idea, and a lot of people at school are really impressed and hoping that in the future, now that they've taken this step towards sort of being active in the literary culture that still lives, rather than that which is dead, which we seem to study a lot at school, it would be exciting to continue it next year. So the rest of us just kind of jumped in the car and raced down here with them
5: do you have any special feelings about uh tonight's uh, authors uh anybody
4: well i love joan didion and read everything she writes when i can afford to buy it okay also tom wolf always wears white suits and we had to see if he would again be wearing a white suit and he's a really entertaining speaker as well as a great writer i Bye. promise you
0: he'll be wearing a white oh, suit oh so yeah
4: someone just saw him go in and he is is he wearing white shoes with the white suit <laughs> is what we really want to know now that, that we, we know like it. um I like her style and I really like her books. Everything. I started with Play It As It Lays, which is a really short novel that you can pick up and read in two and a half hours. And it's about a woman who lives in Los Angeles and what she does, she doesn't have a job, she just she drives the freeways of Los Angeles and she perfects the interchanges. And I can't pinpoint exactly what it is that I like so much about Didion, but I like her style and uh, I like her books.
0: Angst on the freeway.
2: Yeah. At first, we thought we were trying to draw um, connections why they were pairing up these specific um, authors together because they, they do two a night. And we, we had a hard time with Eudora Welty and Saul Bell. They're both old, you know. We thought maybe that's it. But um, these two are they're very concerned with, with <coughs> capturing this age, you know. A, a, Cultury, culturally, et cetera, what's going on now. And so we really think that, uh, I mean, th- these particular, Joan Didion and Anne- Tom Wolfe, um, are are put together for a specific reason and to attract a, a certain, you know, crowd, audience. And um, so that was one of them that actually do have some connections, whereas, you know, other ones really don't, other nights. Some of them may be paired opposites. Right, well, like Norman Mailer and uh, Gore Vidal, we're, gonna, we're waiting for, to see them scratch their eyeballs out, you know, <laughs> so that's going to be a highlight. What did the other students have to say?
4: And what have you asked them? Oh, you're
5: interviewing us. Well,
4: I mean I was wondering. Very no. There there, you sir, oh madam, will you read my book?
9: It took me years to write. Will you take a look? It's based on His clinging wife doesn't understand. His son is working for the Daily Mail. It's a steady job, but he wants to be a paperback writer. Paperback.
0: The American Center's Penn Celebration is a benefit on behalf of the 48th International Penn Congress, which will be, will be happening here in New York from January 12th through January 18th, 1986. This unit on the Penn American Center's Pen Celebration was produced by Peter John Schuler and me, Joseph Hurley, for WBAI New York. And you've been listening to Arts Extra, a cultural affairs magazine from the Drama and Literature Department. My name is Rick Harris. And Arts Extra is a weekly feature of the station, Fridays at 5 o'clock. Just a reminder again, second annual WBAI Comedy Night. Tonight, 8 o'clock, door opens at 730. $8 admission, eight comedians at the High School of the Humanities, 351 West 18th Street, 351 West 18th Street, between 8th and 9th Avenues, the second annual WBAI Comedy Night hosted by Lynn Samuels. Come, enjoy.